Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of So We Think as we edge towards one of the great weekends in racing right across the country all throughout the year. Derby Day in Melbourne, Golden Eagle Day in Sydney. Welcome, Ben Way. Thank you very much. Good to be here and it feels like Christmas. We get to this time of year, Derby Day and you steam into Cup Day, Oaks Day. Throw in the Golden Eagle for $10 million. We have stakes day to round it out. So it is a, a brilliant time of year. couple of challenges for people who are considering going. I went to 14 straight derby days. 14 straight? Yep, and only on two occasions did I make it there for the first race. Yeah. The first jumps, what, I think it historically was pre-11. Yes, it was. 10.40, 10.45, somewhere around there. Didn't matter. I could hop on that train at 7 a.m. Still missed the first. Something had happened. Train would be delayed. Tickets, getting in, whatever. But uh, that's the challenge to everyone out there. And as is the nature with Derby Day, because it's an all-stakes racing program, you actually miss a stakes race first off the bat, which is yeah. tough to swallow. Although how I've bet on Derby Day recently, it's been a win to miss a race because it was just one less chance to bleed profusely. <laughs> and speaking of bleeding profusely, geez, I've continued to bleed. Tom Kitten was a rare highlight. Yes, he was amazing. But how good are you seeing them? Uh, look, I've, I'm having a good run of it at the moment. I'm happy to say I tipped a few winners last week with Espiona winning the invitation. She was brilliant. And I think we'll see that form from the Everest stand up again this week in uh, some of the races at Rose Hill Gardens, particularly Hawaii 5 yeah, Even alcohol-free looks a nice yeah, chance as well I agree. in her race. So. Yeah, I agree. The Everest form is always going to be the form. Uh, my best was Renaissance Woman. So Renaissance Woman peels out. I know we've got the leaders covered. The only horse I need to worry about is Zarek, who drew barrier 55 and was back last. And stinky old Zarek <laughs> got over ya. the top for Team Hawks. And I love, I love that horse. I know they've got a family connection to it. I think Michael's wife is a part owner in Zarek. I could be wrong there, but I think she is. And so I always enjoy it when they win. But that was one that I wish didn't happen. So we both got Tom Kitten in the spring champion yep. stakes. And he's a horse to watch throughout the latter part of his three-year-old year. And then next year, we've had texts about this Cox Plate next year, I reckon, looks right for the taking there. And what then price also, did you see? $15 I saw. Did you take I it? I didn't take it. No, yeah. I didn't take it. And then on top of that, I also had Romantic Warrior, of course, in the Cox Plate. So yes. that was a nice day. I mean, I know you're tight with Katie and James, and it was great to see him. I think you described it really well, not just here on the vodcast, but also during coverage, was this was a journey. It wasn't just a matter of the best jockey hopping on, you know, a horse. They chased him. It was convincing them to come. It was things haven't gone to plan, feed issues, training issues, everything. It was his masterpiece. Yeah, I think it was. And uh, celebrations still to come for that family. Right. So he stayed in Melbourne to gallop Shinzo, I think, on uh, Monday or Tuesday ahead of the Coolmore. So I'm sure they'll celebrate it. I underestimated time. how good Shinzo's run in the Everest was. Live chance. We'll give our tips later yep. on, but this is the program of racing that we've got across two states on Saturday. Rose Hill Gardens, the $10 million Golden Eagle for the four-year-olds over the 1,500, plus the Rose Hill Gold Cup and the Giga Kick over the 1,300 metres, and then at Flemington at Stakes Racing Galore, including the Group 2 Wakeful for the three-year-olds over the 2,000, um, the Victoria Derby, of course, over the 2,500, the Cormore Stud Stakes, which looks to be mm. the race of the day for the three-year-old sprinters, and then the Empire Rose for the Phillies and the over the 1,600 metres as well. But the Golden Eagle, special mm. guest, she shares favouritism in the race, the trainer of Amelia's Jewel, Simon Miller. Simon, thank you for joining us, and we're excited to have you and this superstar mayor in Sydney on Saturday. Of course, Amelia's Jewel has had an up-and-down 
preparation so far, but her quality has still still uh, shone brightly over the course of this spring. Emma, Ben, good to be on the podcast. Yes, it's been a, an emotional roller coaster this this journey, Melbourne to Sydney. So, uh, but hopefully, she'll bounce back Saturday and we're away again. So, how long have you been away from home total? Uh, I've been commuting, just zipping in and out on planes. So, uh, come over to watch a gallop or, or stay the week and then um, venture back. But it, it's a bit of a tricky one for me with that three-hour time difference. Uh, she works at 4 o'clock and so I get up at um, 3.30, which is 12.30 at home, and I'm still on the Perth time zone. So, not really that enjoyable, but it is when you go, uh, you know, like Flemington or Randwick this morning and watch her work and, you know, it's, it's worth it when you see a good horse. Her best is exceptional. And as a result, she's so hard in the market. You must be thrilled to have a horse of this calibre for one, but the excitement ahead of what is a $10 million race. How do you how do you contain yourself? Uh, no, I'm all right. I'm just sort of one day at a time. But, yeah, it's great to get your hands on, on an elite one. We've had some really good horses uh, in the past that, you know, that have racked up a million dollars plus. But then... And they were, they're good operators. And then this one's just another level above. And when you've had the good ones and you see a freak, uh, it, you just know you're in for a, you know, a wild ride. So she was elite, obviously, in the Let's Elope and the Stock Stakes. We got to see her at her best there. And then I think we've all come to terms with what happened in the Turak where she ran night. So she had a bug. And how did her bloods were a little bit off, were they? And she was off her feed for a number of days. Bloods were normal, which was frustrating, and pulled up sound. Mm. So that's always great from a training point of view when one throws a doozy in. Um, but she wasn't eating, and that's her. That, like she's a machine. Like she got off the truck this morning, straight into the feed bin, uh, and that's her greatest attribute. But post the tour, actually, wasn't eating when until um, Thursday. So, and then obviously with the media hype around, her, everyone found out because uh, I was doing a lot of media, and then I had a heap of Flemington trainers reach out. Uh, and say that they had a heap of their horses doing very similar things. We've seen the Turak as a, a nice form reference for this race yeah. in the past, and you don't necessarily need to win. In fact, we've had a beaten favourite in a Turak then come out and win. So you can bounce back, but it is it is hard to have a level of confidence after you've seen a run like that. And you do have a query in regards to gear that you've been... Yeah, I wanted to throw this at you. So I remember speaking to you probably about a month ago, Simon, saying, you know, if the blinkers are applied on her, she improves, I don't know, what, three, four lengths? Why are we getting no blinkers on Saturday? Oh, because she had a genuine excuse the other day. So I don't want to jump at shadows. So I'll back her in and she'll go there and deliver. This is a $10 million race and you have the opportunity to win. I mean, let's hope that she adds more group ones to her CV, but this is... This is the big dog of the campaign, and you don't want to use a piece of equipment that you know is going to, you know, just, oh, dear. <laughs> no, I just got a text and it vibrated. <laughs> so for those unaware, you're probably thinking, how did that just happen? Now, when you're in hotels and you're trying to do these sorts of chats, we had it during COVID, didn't we? You try all different things to get the computer at the ideal height, and unfortunately Simon has tried to work Stack it out. Stack it with a few pieces of quick. Kitchen. I think he's got a. I think he's got a fruit bowl. He's yeah. got a glass, and clearly we've taken a tumble. I guess the other thing Ben wanted to touch on was the navigational challenge that she may face on Saturday, just the Sydney way of going. And that's the other thing I was. Oh, did she? Did she work well going around that way? 
uh, the last couple of times or, you know, just, just trying to pick apart, you know, what's yeah. happened the last couple of weeks, mate. Uh, she's been brilliant reverse way. She got on the Sydney lead straight away every time. Um, so that was frosty. Couldn't believe how quick she was adapting to it. And um, It's a funny story. Tuesday they had breakfast with the stars at Flemington and there was like 500 people in the grandstand all watching and the machines roll up down the straight. And at 8 o'clock, it's the only time we can do reverse gallops when they shut the inside track. So then we wheeled out. No one knew who was just Siobhan, Frosty and myself and went on the grass and started going the other way. And then all the media, uh, we hadn't even popped into a gallop and all the media frenzy from Flemington was on the blower. Like, is that yours going reverse way right now? Because I thought, who else would be going Sydney way going? So then they all dived in and had a look. But it was good work, really strong work. So um, she's ready to go. She'll, she, she'll adapt Sydney way. Gravy. When we chatted earlier, you talked about it being $10 million in prize money and $5 million for first. I reckon he's already spent half of it. <laughs> what on? <laughs> but where, where I had to correct him is it, it's actually 5.25. So mm. my claim is if he was happy with five, he should give me the remainder. If you're not counting that extra 250, it didn't yeah. matter. Clearly he's going well. If 250000 oh, doesn't mean no. much to him, clearly he's going very well. But it, it would be a life-changing mm. race, wouldn't it? Oh, no doubt. Like half a million, from my point of view, half a million drops in the, your bank account. So it's a good little earn. Um, I'm sure I'll have, I'll have a lot of friends that will want to celebrate with me that night. We'll put the credit yeah. card on the bar and go nuts. Well, for one, I'm happy to put up my hand. I'm going <laughs> to be there on track and I am going, that's it. I'm just going to tie a lead to your neck and you can steer me around. Uh, you, if, if we win it, you can strap a GoPro to me. We'll see, we'll see where we are. I think we should put that on beforehand. Hey, back on the, the field for uh, Saturday, who do you see as her, the competition? The way that Tuesday panned out with the barrier draw was fascinating because she's got Hawaii 5 probably the other most fancied horse in the market, um, to her outside. So you've got two of the, the fancies right there, four and five. It's going to be some pressure to posse up. And good luck bumping that horse out of the he's way. He's a monster. Yeah. He's he's going yeah. to cast a fair shadow. I, I think it's great that, like, Hawaii 5 and Legato are either side of us because it just builds, you know, a bit more profile to the race and intrigue as to how it all unfold. When we hit the Guineas in Perth last year, there was only three possible chances it could win and we drew three, four, five. And so it was like, well, now it's now it's game on. Um, and this looks like it, you know, with no disrespect to the others, but they're probably the three that are corner in the market, and they've all drawn favourably. So yeah, it'll be fascinating. Like Hawaii Five O will probably be in front of us, and Legato will be behind us. Hey, how did you find? I know that you threw it out on Twitter and asked for a vote, but was there ever a point where you? thought you might go the other way and stay in Melbourne. I'd like to think it wasn't a Twitter vote that helped sway no. you. <laughs> I, um, I thought, honestly thought about it because like, I'm a Melbourne boy and I love the Cox Plate. But, um, you know, when you sit down and weigh it all up, you've got a, a, a wait for age race taken on absolute warriors or you go to Sydney against your own age. So, you know, and one's double the prize money. So it's a no-brainer from, from that that effect, but I do have a love affair with the cops bike. Uh, final word on this great mare. I cannot wait to see, and I do really hope that she's back to her best and you filled me with all kinds of confidence that she is. She'll bounce back. Take her on trust. Give give your tip for Saturday now. Our viewers want it. Saturday at Ascot. Uh, 
race. I can't remember if it was at race one or two. Race two, Melkar Pindari. That, that if you bet up there or put, run it through yeah. your multis, you'll get a result. Okay. Just search for Miller on the tether. Done. Easy done. All right. Hey, mate, wishing you all the best on Saturday. It is a big day of racing in Sydney and um, really do hope that she can be ultra competitive in the Golden Eagle. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me on and uh, it's always a laugh. So uh, hopefully I'm bringing home the Eagle. Mate, I'm packing yeah, that Saturday. I can see it now. I'll, I'll, I'll land back in Perth and I'll say the eagle has landed. <laughs> Full of confidence. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Thank you, mate. And see, if you subscribe to the Vodcast podcast on Spotify or on YouTube, you get all that great gear like we've spoken about with Simon Miller and all your gibbering right there in your inbox. It just lands there like poof, there it is. Okay. A, I don't like that sound effect. And B, I don't really <laughs> like how you referred to mine as gibbering, but it is gibbering. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure to do that. Yeah. Subscribe, um, Spotify, YouTube, you know the drill, and we will be with you each and every week. Okay. Time to preview the big race in Sydney on Saturday, the Golden Eagle, 1,500 metres, the four-year-olds worth $10 million, and the great charity component as well. Mm. Eight individual Group 1 winners in this field. It's a beauty. Yeah, so Atlantic Jewel, we've um, discussed already. Amelia's Jewel. God, I've done that a million times. Have you? Um, no, but someone from oh, our seven horse racing team I saw did. It. And, I, I, and when I saw it, I thought, God, it's a matter of time till I yeah. do that on air. And now I've done it myself. That's okay. But it was very It's an funny. easy mistake to make. I'm glad I didn't make it in person to him. But he had a laugh. He did. He, he yeah. did. He goes, well, maybe if uh, her eggs have been frozen anyway, after she passed. Amelia's <laughs> Jewel uh, looks a live chance. Let's talk yeah. more about Hawaii 5 15... 100 metres, most people are saying 12 to 15 looks an awkward jump. I completely agree with you. This is a horse that we know needs more ground. And if anything, if the Everest wasn't there, I reckon they would have been building up towards 15 anyway. So, yes, the 300 metre jump is undesirable, but the distance range is ideal. I think this is his race for the taking. I think jumping up is, you know, it does look a little bit strange, but I think the 1,500 metres at Rose Hill, Plum Draw, Nashua Willa took the suspension that he was dished up at the midweek straight away because this was the horse he wanted to come back and ride. He didn't want to miss this. He could have waited another week or so to take the suspension to ride in the next Saturday meeting, but he went, nah, nah, I'm, this is the horse. He will win the Golden Eagle. And they're the words coming out of okay. Nash's mouth. So I'm taking that on trust. Um It'll come out later on, but I love the Kiwi. Allegato. Yeah. So she has just proven when the grand finals come along that she's she's got them all covered. And I know that there are horses that were, say, $25 that have similar form lines coming out of the guineas down there. But what you when you have a look at it in the form book, it just says half a head or a long neck. Well, that doesn't say that, hey, there was a fall in the race. She was blocked twice. She tried to come to the outside, went back to the inside, was horribly held up, was a length and a half off them with 50 to go and still won. She could have won that comfortably with clear air. So she's group one place to this preparation back in New Zealand and then she ran, uh, she won the Matamata Cup, which is a listed race last start. So she's stepping up. I guess the only query for me is jumping up to this four-year-old grade now like there's a lot more you're just underrating the New Zealand form. I think I probably am you're right the Which horse is fine but look at the crop we've currently got yeah okay so Legato, prowess imperatories it's they only high send quality the good ones. yeah I know and Mickey D coming up to ride you know opting out of Derby Day to ride her 
in the Rose Hill um, Golden Eagle. I think as well, the mares in this race have an impeccable record. I think there's only been between three and six mares in each edition of them, and every year they've placed. And even last year, I think we were second, third, fourth, and fifth. So, like, the mares have a we- re- yeah. Wait, we. is this a battle of the sexes? Uh, no, it's not meant to be. You consider um, yourself a mayor. I am a mayor. Mm. <laughs> I'm not a filly anymore. I'm, I'm still a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dower cult. Oh, but I'm a cult. Dear. Uh, he's not a cult. But uh, he's a fascinating horse, isn't he? So his win up in Queensland, I think everyone started really talking about what could this horse achieve during the spring. So he's second in the Epsom, so nearly got that second group one next to his name. And then fifth over the 1,600 in the King Charles, the third to Fangirl. He's flying. Do we think the 1,500 suits or do you think he's better over the 2,000? I hate saying it. I hate the setup. Yeah. But I love the stable and I mm. know they wouldn't get it wrong. Mm. So where does that leave me? Well, there's more questions than answers here. Redina, of course, the Epsom winner, Kathy no. O'Hara, riding out of her skin at the moment. No? Okay. Is maps really well. We'll get its chance, but I don't think it's good enough. What about the setup of Ossipenko dropping from the 2000 in the Turnbull where he ran 10th to Gold Trip, where he overraced and he was keen in his run, to come back to the 1500 metres at a track he performs extremely well at? Absolutely. Home track. I think it is, an, again, an awkward setup. And you hate to think that a $10 million race is an afterthought, but it does reek of, oh, we, we didn't quite handle the longer trip, so we'll drop back to the 15 and see how we go. Definitely capable, but, geez, Osipenko's had some victims. There's not a tipster going around that hasn't tipped Osipenko. So you're jumping off? I am. Or have you have been off for a while? On. Okay. I've never been on. Oban Buramai. Love it. Japanese yep. horse, and good on you for taking on the name. Unlike Josh Parr, who picked up the ride he this week and he's say. refusing to say it, which I understand, Josh, it's hard to do. I'm on board the Japanese horse, and I think it's going to – I love the work of the Japanese horse. That was how it went <laughs> the whole chat on Big Sports Breakfast with Josh. And eventually I said, hang on, that's four times you've referenced Japanese horse. Yeah. You don't want to say, oh, Bamburamai. But when you have a look at the credentials in Japan, albeit in juvenile races, this is a Group 1 quality horse who's made a mess of them in lower grades, has handled all going, which I love because a lot of the time with the Japanese you think has to be on top of the ground. That's not the case with this horse. Uh, I'm a little worried about the drift. Sat at around $7, $8, got out to double figures. I I almost think, what do they know that I don't? But all the works looked good. Drawn well, lightly raced, I went a different way, but I think I might still back. Uh, if we see twelve, thirteen dollars, I'll be backing. I reckon there's a few here at odds, though. You could also have an each way play out. Galleron is a fascinating entrant. Um, Regan Bayless to ride for Charlie Hill. So first up off the plane, you know it. You know it's always a recipe for success. Yeah, first up has me slightly concerned. Really? Yeah. I don't know. You've got some that are just so rock hard fit. I love a. I'd love sort of a 16 back to 15 or, you know, a horse like the Kiwi. That's why I've ended up there. I think positionally Legato ends up in the right spot. I think preparation-wise, I love... I love that. I love the versatility in terms of track condition. Has won all bar one on good. Is unbeaten on soft and heavy. That's why I learned that way. Vienna Princess, she's flying at the moment, looking for three on the bounce, and then Ruthless Dame comes out of the invitation. And there's horses here that we've missed. So, you know, it's a massive field and... The market tells the story, doesn't it? I think top two in the market, about $4.50 for both Hawaii Five-0 and um, Amelia's Jewel. There's value to be found. You know the worst part about the race? It's what? in the quaddy. Oh, you're going to have to take 10. So we're going to have to. How many are you going to take? 
Well, everyone's going to be wide too, so you could get a real edge if you cut it down to two, but I reckon I'll have at least ten. Mm. You just can't put F. That's giving up. Tricky race, but a great race. This is sadly the last Melbourne Cup carnival that we will get to see the greatest of them all in Damien Oliver riding. I cannot believe on Tuesday he will ride in his 32nd mm. Melbourne Cup. It's extraordinary. And we'll touch on one particular Melbourne Cup in two ticks, but it is a race that when I think of Damien Oliver... I immediately think Melbourne Cup. He's had great successes in other Group 1s, but I feel as though this is where a, a country fell in love. Not necessarily a star was born, but maybe a champion was iced. That's yeah. where we went right. This guy is the top of the tree. Well, he's had 129 Group 1 victories to his name throughout his career. Let's recap what we think are his greatest wins of all. And at number one, we have to go with Media Puzzle in that Melbourne Cup of 2002 for so many different reasons but to be able to cross that line first in front for an international horse but for everything that he had been through personally in the two weeks prior you just you still can't get over it and I don't think anyone can really still get over the performance that he was able to put in that day you're right he just he was cool as ice but with so much heartfelt emotion running through his body too. Yeah, and the bulk of us, we know when we've had family tragedies, it's it's hard to come into work. And regardless of what your job is, it's tough. We work in the media, so people can see us. We can't hide behind a desk, so that's that's difficult. But as a professional sports person, to go out there and, and achieve the best shortly after your brother's passed away, absolutely terrible to be in that position and amazing to surge out of it. And I think at one stage when this podcast is or vodcast is up to its 300th episode, we might do a top five celebrations of all time. Yeah, that's one of the best. It, I think for so many reasons, it's number one. Brenton of Duller would be the right spirit. Yeah, yeah, with the bow. With the yep. bow was brilliant. Uh, Hugh Bowman, Lion Tamer. I'll get my list up yeah. when we do it. <laughs> Let's do but it there, soon. But there are a few. But that one is one that just sits. It'll sit with me forever. He looks up to the heavens, he kisses his hand, and he raises it to the sky and says, for you, brother boy. Yeah. Oh, I just get Shivers emotional even thinking, thinking about, about it. it. Yeah. And now there's a reason we've only got one list. You compiled the list, which I'm thankful for. <laughs> did my homework. But it's because we were always going to have yeah. that horse on top in Th that moment. There's a few in the list that I think most people would have in their own list if they were to compile one. So number two, the 95 Melbourne Cup on Doremus to complete the Caulfield Melbourne Cup double. I think that's a feat that very few have been able to achieve. So to be able to work with, you know, personal interest as well. So I did that one in because also Ollie lived with me when I was a, a small child. And right. yeah, he's a, in, in one way a part of my extended family um, to work with the team to get that horse to be able to achieve two majors within three weeks of each other. That's an amazing achievement. Absolutely. So Northerly with the WA connection was always going to be an amazing story. That was in 2001. Why did you put Animo in at four? I think having spoken to Ollie over the last couple of years, he rates Animo as one of the greatest horses he's ridden and he didn't ride him all that much. But I think we look back on Animo's career as – 
he was a superstar of a horse. And that day, James McDonald had been riding, riding him in, in Sydney and it was Spring Champion Stakes Day. So he stayed in Sydney. Ollie got to ride him in Melbourne. And it's a stallion-making race. So whilst Animo achieved so much else on track, including a Cox Plate and nearly two Cox Plates. Mm. The Caulfield Guineas is the race that almost sets him up as a stallion going forward. Was it a versus nature strip? Was that the for James choosing one or the other? I feel as well, though... The Everest was the week after. Yeah, right. yeah. I feel as though there was a, yes. a balancing act there mm. for a while. Jeez, that would have been hard, sitting there and watching Big A mm. go about it. And Nimalee. So I would have swapped in Happy Trails for the South Australian Connection. Yeah. <laughs> but you went with Nimalee. And historically, that completely makes sense because it was a big moment. Yeah, so it was the moment that he overtook George Moore's record as the number one Group 1 winning jockey in the country. So he got to 127 Group 1s, a record that hadn't been broken in many, many years. It was for Matt Smith and the Queen of the Turf. Nimalee, she's not an absolute... Freak of nature, and she's a horse that most people won't know, but she got her group one, and Ollie didn't even – well, he says he didn't know that he was about to break George Moore's record, but he got there. So he's on, a good a liar too. Yeah, Royal Randwick. Uh, there has been some conjecture on that. We're lucky enough to work with Bruce and Jace, so you don't get conjecture when it comes to those sorts of records. Yeah. But I know Jace was very big on the fact that some had been lost and Fiorante, figures were yeah. different, yeah. and so they've – done countbacks and they were very confident that was when the record was broken. Who do you reckon is the bigger Ollie fan, Bruce or Jace? I reckon Jace. I reckon Jason. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon Richard. He loves him. Yeah, yeah. He is obsessed. And he's still got the opportunity. I'd love to see Ollie retire with 130. A clean 130 would be a nice way to go out. He had Jewess, didn't he, in the... He had Jewess in the Cox Plate. unlucky. Oh, she was enormous. So she's a tease, but she was absolutely huge. So on Saturday, though, Moravia in the Coolmore, who I give a sneaky chance to, Macante in the Darby, in the Derby, and then more secrets in the Empire Rose, and then Alan Kerr in the Cup on Monday as well. I reckon his best chance is if there was a boil over for Moravia, mm. but. There's still a few weeks left and then he'll have the opportunity in Perth, but I'd love to see the clean 130. Alan Kerr will upset me greatly because I had a few speculators last year. Oh. So that one will hurt me. Let's um, keep going and maybe do a little bit of a preview of the great racing at Flemington on Saturday, headlined by three amazing group ones. So starting with the Coolmore, and this is one of the races of the day because you look at the horse flesh on offer. You've got Shinzo, your golden slipper winner. Mm-hmm. Cylinder, who's just been amazing all preparation. Um, the likes of Don Corleone, Arkansas Kid, who was brilliant in his two-year-old year. Stepati, who was undefeated up until last start. Shelight, who's been very good as well. I'm Unstoppable, who was the very cheap mm-hmm. I'm Invincible purchase for Lloyd Kennywell and Lucy Yeomans. Osmosis, who we know is an absolute jet. Willie Fly. Um, down the straight and get the 1,200 metres. Um, and then, as I mentioned, Moravia as well, who I think has been very unlucky not to get a big win this preparation. King's Gambit? King's Gambit, who was touted as an Everest horse for a time. Yeah, and he, maybe he's putting it all together. I do think there are some that have the, the resume there and say, pick me, and there are others that say, I haven't done it yet, but pick me, and you're sort of like, oh. oh yeah. value. So I think Cylinder's <laughs> there, Shinzo's there, mm. and then suddenly with King's Gambit you're thinking, right, well, you took a step in the right direction. It's I've, D-Day. I've seen you down the straight yeah. and got spooked by a race book. Yeah. So Piece do I rubbish. trust you? I don't know whether we do. Um 
good race. Very, very good one race. One of the better races. One of the races I'm really looking forward to. What about the Derby? So this is a tricky race because you've got the short price favourite in Riff Rocket, who was defeated last start at a very short price favourite. Don't think there's any doubt about the 2,500 metres with him, but you've there's a couple of others you've got to consider. For me, mainly Apulia for the uh, for Team Hayes. This sounds so unrelated, and yep. it is. What's, okay. that, what's the name of that famous British chef? Oh, here we go. The British chef. Everybody. Like Gordon Ramsay? No, no. More British. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, his... Nigella Lawson? <laughs> no, no, no. That guy. His, anyway, his son. Now, why do I know his son's name? But his son is River Rocket. That's his name. River Rocket. And so I always think about it when I think of Riff Rocket. Okay. I wondered whether that's what, where the horse was named Can we after. get back on track? We can. Riff Rocket <laughs> is going to be really hard to beat. Very hard to beat. Were well, you happy with the price though? So no. open 270, backed into a dollar ninety when markets first opened on Wednesday and now uh, drifting slightly. Uh, it's Jamie Oliver's son, I've just learnt. Jamie Oliver's son. There you go. River, River Rocket. River Rocket. That's his name. So, okay, let's look at the breeding at if Riff you, Rocket. American Pharaoh out of Missile Coda, nothing to do no, with Jamie think, Oliver. If you think what comes out of my mouth is weird, can you imagine what's percolating up here? Mate, you got some demons in there. <laughs> anyway, the takeaway we discussed this off air, mm. and I absolutely believe it to be true. Mm. People watched the replay of Riff Rocket, and all they saw was the price and the fact that he didn't win. Go and watch what the they, sectional times. What they failed to consider was that the task was so ridiculously enormous. The run to get that close was everything you want ahead of a derby. We've seen the form back to Snowman Franked. It's everywhere keeps stacking up. So there might be something that gets out to the derby trip and sprouts wings, but undoubtedly the horse to be. Yeah, completely agree with you there. Uh, Second well, favourite's running for the third week in a row. The Hayes team are confident, but I don't know. I'd, I'd rather lean the other way. Yeah. Um, the other group one on the program at Flemington, the Empire Rose for the Phillies and the Mares over the 1,600 metres. This is a cracking race. And in terms of group one quality at Flemington, this is the race that holds the key. So in the Golden Eagle in Sydney on Saturday, we've got eight individual group one winners yeah. across the whole card at Flemington. Only six. Yeah. There there are races like the Derby where you've got horses that have only just got out to a distance range where they're capable of winning group ones. So in that way, it's maybe a bit misguided. I think alcohol free to the mile. You're we right haven't right. seen her over the mile yet in Australia, and that's where she was at her most damaging. Debut was it a mile? Australian debut was we it can't a mile? Count the de- we can't count the debut. It here. wasn't her. It was no. like a shadow, shadow of her of former self. This preparation. So yeah. she's gone the 12, the 14, yeah. and now we get to see her on the quick backup as well. Don't mind that at all. And people fell off. They, they decided, no, she's just not going to be anything in Australia. Think once we've, we've seen enough. Yeah, I think Princess Grace, she has been huge every start this preparation and, and should have picked up a big race along the way. And then you've got the likes of Hope in Your Heart, who always holds a soft spot. In yeah. my heart. Yeah, very well named. And we love the small stables. Kerry Parker would be a great story. And so Renaissance Woman not running in Sydney, running in Melbourne. Yeah, oh, I'm glad that we got that news before we, we came here. I thought they were a live chance. Went around in the – was going to go around in the last, I think, there on – In the uh, Rose Hill Gold Cup over the 2000. Rose Hill Gold Cup, that's So right. she goes – she drops back from the 18 to the 1600, which might suit her. Mm. Quick back up as well. I got told to not lose faith after last – 
time out. Okay. The second, but I have lost faith. Oh, you're jumping off. I think I am. All right. Well, let's get into our selections then if you're jumping off and take a look at who we're tipping to win all the big ones on Saturday. I will start with my best. And I know he's skinny, but think about it. Just wins the giga kick, doesn't he? He's horse race with the stable mate. I'd love a little bit of each way money on Cascadian. So if you flip the runs, does Private Eye win the Everest? No. I still think this horse is just a winner and he would find a way to win. Mm, you don't agree? Oh, no, I don't disagree. Mm. He, I know he's skinny, but he's looking for the perfect 10 for the year. And just hearing from Sammy Clipperton and Joe Pride, like they don't know the ceiling of this horse. If he were to win this race as well on the weekend... Like, we're starting to really put him in a in another category of horse, I think. Quick one. Far be it for me to question the powers mm. that be, but I hate the rotational name. I think it was a nice touch to begin with, but now it's just getting confusing. Lovely touch. I we, think name it after the inaugural winner. We can't next year call it the think about it. We will. But that's very confusing. Yeah. Um, value for me, Moravia in the Cormore. So I think he's about $7 the place. You get about 26 the win with him. And I know he enjoyed going down the straight at work uh, about a week ago. And if you go back and look at each of his runs for the preparation, he's been very, very unlucky. So I'll put him in there for value for the place. Gold – oh, yes. Sorry. How about people spruiking horses off the back of light work at breakfast with the stars and stuff? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are you Horses predict- are firming off the back of that. Melbourne Cup favourites are firming. Are you talking about Vauban or oh, Vauban? Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I'm not, not in the Vauban camp, but off the back of that, jeez, talking about in hand, they didn't even let it go. And it's over the 32. Like, does track oh, really matter? Come on. Uh, for the Golden Eagle, uh, Hawaii 5-0 for me, getting up to the trip that he – I think at the start of this, we looked at the 1,200 for – um, the Everest went, God, that's going to be short. We all forgot that he's actually probably more of 1,400, 1,600-metre type of conveyance. So um, getting to his proper trip now, the Cormore, Shinzo to complete a very rare double golden slipper into a Cormore, which would make him astronomically valuable. Riff Rocket in the derby and then alcohol-free to finally get her first Australian victory in the Empire Rose and almost justify the $10 million price tag. Okay, best of the day. Unfortunately, my best of the day got beaten in the last 20 metres at $5 last week, but we'll go with Zapateo in the third, $3.60 at time of record. Value play of the day, this is a bit random. I reckon if you're ever getting my tips, so everyone who watches Black Bookers will be well aware, the more random the venue, the more confident I get. And the more confident you should get. Group ones aren't my area. I'm venturing up to Eagle Farm. Oh, I thought you were going to go Gosford or something. I mean, Eagle Farm's a metro major trek. Yeah, but it is Derby Day. (laughs) (laughs) What race? Race four, build a bank. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Okay. Golden Eagle, I'm going with Legato. Okay. Everything I've seen of these Kiwis, Prowess, Legato, they are top shelf imperatories for that matter. Coolmore, stakes winner, Cylinder. He keeps bumping into one too good. But when you're running in an Everest and you're bumping into a couple too good, I'm fine with that as a form reference. Mm. I think apart from the slipper where we saw Shinzo go past, he's proven himself to be one of the best. Victoria Derby, Riff Rocket and a tissue to round things out. Okay, so download the Tab app, gamble responsibly with all of our selections over the course of the weekend. Have you you had a winner yet? Well, Tom Kitten won. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, I think I might have had two last week, but it's only been shorties. I've been terrible. 
Thankfully, I've been good on Thursday's show. But what's magnifying my crappiness on this is that you've been great. Mm. So I need that to flip. I don't want to just have a good week. I want you to have a shocker. Oh, jeez. Very friendly here on So We Think. Um, thank you for joining us. We will be back Sunday mm. for a special bonus edition. Because we just need each other's company more. Well, we just want to talk about the Melbourne Cup field because, you know, it's the race that stops the nation and everybody on Sunday, Monday, will be looking at that field trying to find that elusive Melbourne Cup winner or even the trifecta or first four. We're going to have Corey Brown, who's mm. ridden two Melbourne Cup winners, to come and talk us through the field. I need to ask him a question. I once heard that he described one of his winning Melbourne Cup rides as one of his worst ever rides. So I'm going to ask him whether that's true. Hold fire. That on Sunday. So we think headed your way then. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the weekend's racing. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.